Good evening, it's the 5th of July, this is the big kickoff. Yes, good evening, 5th of July, 3 minutes, nearly 4 minutes past 9 now at this stage. Good afternoon, good evening and good night. I, did, I see, I'm still not used to it, so it's good evening, isn't it? It's good evening, yeah. Yeah, you just keep saying good morning. <laughs> Anyhow. Jeez, brutal day today, full of clouds. <laughs> yeah. Rubbish. Only 21. <laughs> 21 degrees. It's a bit, it's a bit nippy. <sighs> so, how's the farm, right? I had to wear my jeans today. <laughs> uh, yeah, great, super. The World Cup's still on. It's, it, there's been a bit of a drought, hasn't there? Like, was it nice to have a bit of a day off? Two days, two days off for yeah. no football. So yeah, we'll fix again tomorrow. Off today, chilled out, did nothing, and ended up at McDonald's. Is that a good thing? Yeah, that's that's a good day. I don't normally go there. I, yeah, yeah, I lie. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, back tomorrow. The World Cup's back on tomorrow, so there's a few good games and seemingly. No doubt, we'll have a chat about it later on. So what else is coming up? We have somebody right beside you. We do. We have Mark Bouquet or Mark <laughs> Beaky. <laughs> That's an in-house joke. We have uh, Mark Beaky from co- uh, ConcussionCoach.ie to basically talk about concussion and how your club can, I suppose, work around it and notice the signs and symptoms. And you know, it is one of those things. Johnny Sexton is one of those people who seems to love it. So. You know, I wouldn't say he loves it now, but <laughs> <laughs> it's a new fad. <laughs> but yeah, of course, he's going to, Mark's going to talk to us about it, and we uh, obviously will have talk about the World Cup. And at the end, we have a little sort of messy Ronaldo oh, type it, discussion it, it, that happened in America. A guy from Canada, basically, just Canada. he knows everything. We we'll leave it at that. But uh, what's coming up? Uh, well, we. What do you mean what's coming up? I'm just having to tell you what's coming up. No, oh, he's a song, yeah, I think. Jeez, professionals <laughs> always. Uh, the Riptide have a new song out. Plastic <laughs> I'm sure o- this is it. Plastic Ocean, here we go. <laughs> And welcome back to the big kickoff on Liffey Sound 96.4 FM. With rugby players getting stronger and faster and putting in bigger hits than ever, football and GAA stars fitter, pacier and more agile. It seems with faster paced games leads to players more susceptible to head injuries. Joining us on the show today is Mark Beakey from concussioncoach.ie to talk about well how to recognise when someone has concussion and how to protect your players. Mark, welcome to the big kickoff. Thanks for having me, I really appreciate it. No problem. Listen, Mark... Do you feel that that's the case, that it's a, a stronger, faster game is contributing to more concussion, or is it just that we're more aware of it now? It's definitely kind of a big question. Like, if you look at any kind of the research in this at the moment, it's all about, you know, the mo- like they, they see the rates jumping up and jumping up as the years go on. But in fact, I'd say a big part of it is, coming from my side anyway, is we just have much more awareness at the moment, better identification techniques. And so 
although parents might be looking at sports and going, oh, these sports getting more dangerous. It seems to be in the media over and over. Um, like it is a serious issue, no doubt, but you have, it has to be a big play to, or a big part of that is the fact that there, we are taking a lot more serious about... Um, we're, t- we're taking a lot more serious and naturally then more, more and more people are going to be getting potential concussions or diagnosed with concussions. Yeah. So, generally, what is concussion? What is... That is that is the big question. <laughs> Believe it or not, there is forty three working definitions of a concussion. Jesus. So that kind of just shows what the complexity. Well, t- tell us twenty seven. I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you a very brief. It, what it is, it, it's a subset of a mild traumatic brain injury. So I do want to stress the fact that it is a mild traumatic, but it is a brain injury in itself. So what happens is, if an athlete gets hit in the head or even anywhere else in the body, and that transmit a for, transmits a force to the brain, it can disrupt the chemical balance of the brain. So it's more of a functional injury. You're not really going to see any, any anything on a CT or an MRI scan, but it does then cause numerous kind of deficit, deficits and impairments for athletes. So they're going to produce numerous signs and symptoms, and these can last for up a couple of weeks or a month, for example. Okay. So it's not actually your brain getting twisted around. It's, it, the, it's it, the chemicals? or Well, that, that's what causes it. So okay. when you get an impulsive force, it it's that rapid acceleration deceleration and kind of the twisting shearing of the brain it's going to kind of open up the channels and that's where all the the chaos kind of happens chemically not, so, to, not to bore you too much into sleep <laughs> so would we all in our life without knowing maybe suffer some kind of a mild concussion at some point without knowing it's a, I suppose it kind of depends how active you are you probably right now probably I am <laughs> <laughs> well that's the one thing about concussion is that I could list out how many symptom, signs and symptoms there are. Yeah. None of them are specific to a concussion, so they're non-specific. So they could be caused by something else. So you may have a headache, you may be dizzy, you may be fatigued, you may be anxious. Hmm. That can all be related to the traffic on the way in. Yeah. You know? yeah. So it's really about getting into a medical assessment. Um, like The kind of things we d- describe a concussion is, is there a mechanism of injury? So did you get hit? Hmm. Do you have signs and symptoms? And can you explain the signs and symptoms in another interpret or another alternative uh, fashion so that's really what so if you're out in a sports pitch or wherever it is what what do you look for initially there must be a few signs and symptoms that you're always kind of looking for just to give you that indication maybe there's a problem here well i suppose with coaches they know their athletes and if parents on the sideline they know their athletes better than anyone else so if you start if you start noticing your athlete behaving in a different way if he's, if he's a bit more emotional if he's crying if he's distant if he can't follow your instructions if he appears to be dazed, confused, or disorientated. And um, a lot of the times you'll see maybe an athlete after a big hit, like holding his head, or if he stays down on the pitch for too, or on the grass for too mm. long. These are all kind of like flashpoint indicators that if you're on the sideline, let's just have a little look at this athlete and assess him. Because mm. uh, we had a goalkeeper up in Luton United. And he, and he took a bit of a hit. But was, wasn't there really a head injury? It was more just of a shake-up. Yeah. And went over to him, talked to him asked him who were playing, questions like that. Seemed okay, just like it was a bit of a knock. But then he went back in to the doctors during the week and he said he had a, a mild concussion. So, yeah, yeah. It, 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 is it, even if you think that the player is okay, in that you've asked him questions, he, he seems okay, you know, he's a bit, is there a way of knowing or kind of slip by? Well, I sp- like, that's a very good question. There's no definitive test you can do that will tell you this player definitely has a concussion. Okay. But I suppose if he had a, if he had a mechanism, as I was saying, and he, although he looked fine and he, he may have answered a few questions, I would recommend a slightly more comprehensive assessment yeah. of the athlete. But the problem, with, one of the things with concussion is that symptoms may take 
up to 48 hours or 72 hours. So the elephant in the room is Carius could have been concussed. Is that what you're saying? Well, he was, he was diagnosed with a concussion. So now I don't know. If allegedly. Allegedly. I don't know. <laughs> Dr. Nick from The Simpsons. <laughs> he actually was one of the top NFL doctors that. Really? Yeah, the t- uh, Dr. Ross Stefanti. But there might have been. What a I, name. I'm not going to. I don't know whether he had some name. I'm yeah. not going to judge about He could just be an awful keeper. Um <laughs> Any Liverpool live fan, <laughs> you can see David. But it's definitely, it's definitely one that yeah. should be. Lo- the fact is that he should have been assessed mm. after he went down because um, when I was watching the TV, I was looking. He's down. He got a head knock. They have the best, some of the best medics in the world. Mm. Maybe that's something FIFA maybe need, need to look into. If you have a child, he's because you maybe some people won't be at matches with their child or for whatever various reasons. Child comes home. If there's not information given, and you're, you've already said about the concussion that it can come in 78 hours or it can last probably for longer than that, uh, is there emotional signs that you might see in, in, in a child or, or a person that uh, might indicate it? Well, yeah, there's, there's, that's one of the, kind of the, the group factors of symptoms with concussion is that it, it do, a lot of people don't know it can affect your emotional emotional being so a lot of people think oh it's just if you have a headache or if you're dizzy but it's not in fact if you if someone's maybe quicker to be frustrated if they're more irritable if they have mood or if they all of a sudden if you have a real quiet polite child and all of a sudden he snaps yeah and then all of a yeah. sudden you're like well what was that why did you do this and i know there could be numerous other factors yeah but it's, i suppose it's once they do these type of things that's when you should be starting to ask the questions there's no way to prevent concussion, isn't there? Like, the helmets and all, they're never going to prevent concussion. There's definitely a way. Like, you're never going to prevent a concussion 100%. If you get up in the morning, there's a chance you could fall over and hit your head. But there's definitely ways that you can, maybe, you can reduce the risk and put the odds kind of back in your own favour. Mm. So, like, a lot of that starts with what we advocate with education. Um, and the fact that... And there's, I suppose, you could go even more severe with legislation and stuff, but that type of stuff can get tricky. And I would... Education, I think, would be the best form of prevention. Now... It's, it's all right to say about education when you're talking about football, rugby, and what have yeah. you. When you go into MMA and boxing, you can educate yourself as much as you like. The idea yeah. is not to get hit, but you're getting hit. Yeah. So in boxing, um, do, do they do checks for concussion? Like, this is what I, I've never actually thought about this before. But Like after know, a fight? like During the fight. Like a procedure during the fight. Because they're obviously getting blows to the head. Well, so, I suppose if I was... The, see, the thing with combat sports is now if you're watching a boxing fight or an MMA fight and someone gets hit and they all of a start you ever hear the expression they do the chicken dance and yeah. yeah that's a big wobble, yeah, that's, a, that's a big indicator that he, he's suffering a brain injury so um, it's really a sport that is allowing concussion y- yes but I suppose you could, let's look at it I'll kind of sidetrack in it uh, <laughs> in a little bit imagine what they may have may have three fights a year let's say yeah yeah um, and a lot of the time now the new kind of strategies they're adopting is kind of this flow training so it's not heavy sparring so mm. that all kind of archaic thing that you need to get hit loads of times in the head to, so you're able to can take a hit if anything that just reduces your threshold yeah. so imagine you play rugby every week you get hit every single if you train three or four times a day you're getting hit you may not be getting punched straight to the head yeah. mm-hmm. but you're getting hit repetitively over and over and then which is worse that or the three day three fights a year yeah it's yeah. hard like to be honest I love all the sports so I'd say just knowing what to do if one happens I think is more important than trying to like ban any person who's playing sport or but I wouldn't say they're, they allow concussions they no yeah. so you're working to get into the boxing club <laughs> 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 any boxing club an angle <laughs> any boxing clubs listening that yeah, was yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't uh, listen concussion you normally think you see a clash of heads but it's not always a clash of heads that 
you can get a concussion. It can just be, I suppose, a head movement that could shake yeah, it up a bit. Like that, a lot of concussions happen through car crashes. So once, yeah. the, if you hit your seatbelt stops you, your head keeps moving, and it's that kind of that violent whiplash effect of the brain that can lead to a concussion. Or you could hit against a post, you could fall over, you could yeah. hit your head in an angle. And it doesn't have to be a hard blow either. It, no, everyone's different. That's the thing that yeah. kind of makes this uh, more difficult for people on the sideline. There's, once you see one concussion, you've seen one concussion. Yeah. So the symptoms could be different, the mechanism could be different, the level of force, the recovery time, all these things kind of vary. So I would, like it is really, you need to get medically assessed to see kind of an individual treatment plan. And then people are more susceptible to concussions as we obviously know Johnny Sexton and a few others are is yeah. it is it just something in your makeup or would it be from the if your first one with the initial impact because there was a good mate of mine Lanny who was always, in, always ended up with them and it's just one of them where is it kind of in your makeup or is it from that very first one it was that bad or is that potentially traumatising that it's always around well I, I suppose you're probably a bit right on both of them to mm. be honest um, we're still doing research as keep going on and on this so the genetic there is def I think there is mm. some genetic predisposition to it but every no one's immune yeah. at the same time um, I think if you have one concussion but you get the management right I think you can be fully cured or not well you can treat it well and you can recover completely mm. and so then if it's I think then in terms of more likely to get another concussion, I don't think so. But if like for myself, I've had about nine concussions. I think I think now we're starting to go on that linear relationship where I'm more susceptible then say to the average okay. person. Before we talk about your nine concussions, yeah. just on the last bit on concussion, do you go straight to the doctor anytime you feel there is a possible concussion? Should a parent or should a club send them straight to a doctor? Yes, and especially if there's any red flag signs, so if, uh, these ones are kind of more self-explanatory. So if, the per, if, if any symptoms are getting progressively worse, yeah. or if there's a loss of consciousness, or if there's convulsions or anything like that, they're the more obvious ones, straight to emergency room and ambulance should be called. Right. If there is a potential concussion... So if there's, a doubt, if there's a doubt in your mind? If there's a doubt in your mind. If there's like a concussion, but you, you can send them, to, say, to a clinic or a concussion clinic, or if you don't think it's immediate, I would always recommend, though, send them to a medic. Okay, so now we come to yourself. So yourself. where does concussion coach come in in all this? I suppose to answer that question, you suppose I kind of have to look at why we kind of came, came to being. We kind of, it's very difficult for organizations if to, they have protocols in place, but it's very difficult for them to disseminate the, that information and then to ensure that they are the individual teams at a grassroots level. So your under 18s teams from all over the country that actually follow those protocols and, un and understand those protocols. So that's kind of where we come in. We disseminate that in a way that's understandable and, they, and then we give them the, basically the tools and the resources then to carry on, carry on basically managing a concussion then on an ongoing basis. Okay. So I suppose why should clubs use Concussion Coach? Because there hasn't been an e epidemic of deaths from concussion. We've all got on all right. Or is, it, is, in there, is there, in theory, or is there something that we've all just been missing? Well, I suppose, like, when concussion isn't managed properly, there is links to long-term problems, so long-term complications. So there's emerging evidence now. Now the science on this is still evolving, but there's links to mental health issues later on in life. There's neurodegenerative diseases, like dementia and stuff. But also there's second impact syndrome. So there's actually been a couple of cases in the last few years of young rugby players in Ireland who actually died because they were playing and then they didn't get the right treatment mm. and they either went back on or they stayed on the pitch so they're like all it takes is one really bad and then the famous, some of the famous NFL cases as well remember one of the guys who actually killed himself and left his body for science, for science yeah, he, he knew he was that messed yeah. up oh. and it was from all the impact and yeah, I can't think of the guy's name and go, go rest him yeah. yeah 
So and he they, donated his body. He, oh, he right. just the NFL it. had a big crisis in that yeah. because what they did... Now, the science on that condition, it's got CTE, if anyone's wondering. Um, the science on that is still evolving, but they tried to hide it in a way. Yeah. And it ended up kind of like really kind of biting them back. And they had to pay out nearly... I think three quarters of a billion yeah, yeah. Um, to all these former retired players. So I think the Irish organisations are taking much better strides. They're being much more proactive, but they're still getting that information to the grassroots. Is kind of where we come in. Yeah. Apart from nine concussions, which we still haven't talked about, <laughs> yeah. what qualifies you to go around the clubs and uh, give out this information? Well, I just finished. Well, I'm finishing up rather my master's in concussion education and head impacts in sport. Um, I did my undergrad thesis then on concussion itself. So I've, write, I've written a few papers on this topic. Um, it's just, and like all the information we take is, is all driven from evidence base that's okay, out there. Yeah, we, yeah. Don't, we don't come in with our own different opinions yeah, on things. Yeah. We basically, if, say if we're working with the GA, we follow their guidelines and we implement them in, and then implement them in a way that's understandable and relatable to the individual clubs. Yeah. And we do the same if we're doing the RFU or, <clears throat> or, G, or FAI or whoever. Uh, you might as well explain your nine concussions what, what? if you can what, <laughs> <laughs> why did it take nine concussions to finish sport or, or what sport were you playing it was numerous sports actually um, the first I suppose would have been primary school on the schoolyard so people say that concussions don't happen in primary school I can be the it's actually one of the things that's happening a lot recently is primary schools are stopping kids running on yard because they're that's fearing right, yeah. these p- p- uh, kids running in kids or schools are getting bigger Primary school yards are staying the same size. Um, so I got one there. That was when I was about 12. I got a couple then, or a couple, a few, then playing school rugby and then playing Gaelic football as well. I got a couple. And yeah, they all kind of added up. But the problem that I suppose I had and kind of gave me the inspiration for concussion coach was those, all those concussions happen in so many different environments. So yeah. school or uh, Gaelic club, two different Gaelic yeah. clubs. So it's starting to affect everyday life. It, 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 I definitely took a while to recover in mm. some of them because I wasn't managed and in all those concussions not once did I receive any uh, guidelines on it not once did I receive any return to play protocols mm. I was basically kind of left to my own yeah. and it did have a really bad negative effect and the, I had symptoms go on for weeks and it turns out the symptoms were coming from the concussion itself but the actual management of the concussion so there were indirect symptoms I had a problem with my sleep for, I had quite had bad with bad uh, batch of insomnia and once I corrected that, my headaches, my, my fatigue, all that just went away. And but it was that not managing it at the time was the real problem. Did your parents even wrap you in bubble wrap or wrapping? My mom is actually an alien nurse for oh, the last she sleep with a helmet. And <laughs> in fairness, if she, if she is listening, she did do well. She, no, she, <laughs> she, she looked after me. So it services me knocking in tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, in, it's a scenario-based learning sort of course. So can yeah. you explain what that is? Well, basically, so if we... The thing with, we put, say, coaches or athletes in a scenario and say, okay, now how do we do this? We get, so we, for example, an athlete falls on the side of a pitch, he displays so-and-so symptoms. You're trying to call the parent, the parent doesn't answer. What do you do now? So we put them a lot into group work and try to figure out the right answers. Because a lot of time we could tell them a lot of information. Second it happens in real life, all of a sudden they're like, oh, what was that? Yeah. And yeah. so we try basically get them to work together like they will do in, the real, in a real scenario. And once that, then it will be improved their learning and improve their ex- retention of that knowledge. And so that scenario, do you have set scenarios for uh, rugby, football? Oh yeah, we tailor we tailor it to whatever sport we're doing and whatever audience we're working with. Okay, okay, great. Uh, how long does the workshop take? We don't have a set time in the workshops because a lot of the time 
the people might be asking more questions or might be, might be a little bit more interactive than other groups. But we tend to keep the athlete workshop in around 60 minutes. If you go above that there, even if yeah. we, we do try and make it lots of fun, we, we do plenty of games, giveaways and stuff like that, they're not going to listen to someone for a yeah, while. Yeah. Their attention spans are gone. So we do try to keep it under 60 minutes. And then for the, old, for the, the adults, we keep it around 60 to 90 minutes. All right. How much the cost? How much is That's the always a big one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. How much does it cost? We, it's, it's kind of a, I don't mean to dodge the question now, but it, it's kind of a per club basis. So yeah. we work, like, we want to make this as inclusive as possible. Yeah. So we don't want just one coach knowing it because that's not, it's not going to change the culture at all. It's not going to change the safety standards. So we don't want two or three players knowing what to do. We want, it's a full club thing. So we work on, depending on the size of the club, and depending on the, or how many coaches, we do offer generous discounts, if anyone's listening, to generous <laughs> discounts to new clubs. So yeah. uh, we do, like, so for example, one of the offers we had at the moment was we do all the coaches for free if, then we, if we get a minimum number of athletes. Okay. So we do, yeah. we, we, don't, we know clubs don't have huge budgets, so we do try to offset the cost as much as possible. So how many people would be in a workshop? So if you, if you had, I don't know, we'll just go ex- unbelievably extreme, you had 500 coaches in a club, is it broke down into a certain amount of because coaches? Because it's, we want to give each person kind of the due time they, they need or if they have any questions they want to ask or we try to keep it as interactive as possible, we do try tend to keep it about 40. Okay, 40. Okay. Because any bigger and then all of a sudden you're just, in, yeah. like people are people aren't going to ask any questions, they're not going to be listening, they're going to be distracted. And so. you have the dossers down the back. Yeah. And we have the dossers who are forced to go. <laughs> so back to goalkeepers. Back to goalkeepers. Peter Check, is it a comfort blanket, his skull cap now or? Well, he got us. I think well, who was a hunt? Hunt, yeah. yeah. Threw it, well, didn't throw his knee, but we'll leave, him, <laughs> him. We'll leave that up. Um, he he got a he got a structural brain injury, yeah. like a stru- like a skull fracture. Mm. So the scrum pad is going to do very little, mm. no. but it's some padding. So yeah. I think a lot of it is it is a comfort blanket. Yeah, it's but it, it's yeah. it's all he can do. So he can't wear a helmet. True. So if he was wearing a helmet then he wouldn't have got the skull fraction in the first yeah. place but I suppose it's some, it's some protection it's better than nothing yeah, it's yeah. not going to stop him getting a concussion and it's not if the force is big enough it's not going to do much to stop a skull fracture again yeah interesting so people want to contact you how do they contact you the best way probably to contact us is to go to the website itself it's, we detail all our details really on the website there is a contact section on that so it's concussioncoach.ie very simple or if you, you can email me directly at mark at concussioncoach.ie great well, it's certainly something I'm going to be looking into. And I think the football club that I'm with are going to look into. So, yeah, it's, it's worth a look. I think it's, it's good to have. It's a bit like first aid, isn't it? I mean, it's something that you could I suppose do. Everyone could do a having yeah. because there's not, it's not as if it's a four-year course or anything. It's no. just to be able to look out yeah, they for don't, People don't need to be experts. They just need to know what to do in that situation. Yeah. And then give the, the, the athlete to an expert. Yeah. So they just, it's really just getting the athlete out of the danger zone and putting them in someone that has expert knowledge in this area. Yeah. I suppose a lot of people think that first aid will cover them for this. It's different. It's yeah, separately. completely different. Yeah. It's both important, though. Well, listen, Mark, thanks for making your way in today. Thanks for having it's me. I really enjoyed it. And thanks uh, for remembering how to get here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how do you, how do you do shut Mark down? <laughs> should, shouldn't be allowed to drive. But <laughs> <laughs> he was supposed to be here two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're going to a break, Dave. Listen, thanks, mate. Well, anyone can lose it all Well, anyone can lose it all When you don't heed your warning's call Well, anyone can lose it all Well, anyone can make a mess
It is, I can't see the date. Oh, it's 5th of July. Happy belated 4th of July, my man. Yeah, man! Dun, 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 dun. Trump sucks! <laughs> You'll hear something about that later on. It's, yeah, no, we won't go into history. Yeah, go. So, Roy Keane, right? Yeah. He needs to grow up. Saipan was an absolute five-star luxury compared to what Zimbabwe's rugby team got up to last weekend. Tell us. Do they tell slept us. on the streets. They slept on the streets? <laughs> So basically, there's pictures coming up on social media over the weekend of the Zimbabwe players sleeping on the pavements in Tunisia prior to the match against the hosts in a town called Beja in Tunisia. And the Zimbabwe party was left furious at what they felt was a poor standard of hotel accommodation while also claiming they'd experienced a six-hour airport delay over visa issues after arriving in Tunisia. But Tunisia have started to fight back, saying the Tunisian Rugby Federation experiences its deep regret for this unfortunate event and strongly deplores the anti-sports and unethical actions of the Zimbabwean delegation, which does not reflect the strong ties of friendship between the two countries. So, yeah, it's literally they're on a path and there's all these big rugby players literally lying on the ground with their heads against their bags on the street. Fair play to them. Yeah, How they just they went in and went, no. How did they do? So... <laughs> Actually, <laughs> can I scroll down? Does it say who won, who didn't, who won? I, it, no, sh- no, you have to there. do that, didn't you? The first round. <laughs> uh, the Rugby Africa Gold Cup competition. Uh, it's between Zimbabwe, Namibia, Tunisia, Morocco, Kenya and Uganda. Fuck you anyway, you knew you'd ask a question. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you enjoyed the story that much, I actually forgot to kind of go, Jesus, did they win? Did they lose? What happened? I don't know. They slept on the street. (laughs) I just thought of Roy Keane straight away. Um, Did you see? No. (laughs) What? Bray Wonder is in trouble again. (sighs) We put it up on the Facebook page. And it's... It's exactly a year. Start kicking some clubs out at this stage. I it's think born. So. I think so. Yeah. There definitely has to be some sort of deterrent now. Yeah. Because you see it over in England, they go into administration. Yeah. They 10 points deducted, get relegated. Relegated, 10, 15 Does points deducted. I don't think it happens. I have never, I don't think I've ever no, seen even, that. Like, remember Limerick last year? Was it last year? Oh, Lathlone. Like, Bray, actually Bray were in this position Atlone last have, year. Atlone have dragged it out for two and years. And stayed in the Premier, and, in the Premier Division. Yeah. So, you know, maybe start kind of making it. Listen, lads, no, ten points off you, pop. Yeah, um, you're, you're screwed because there's you're going wrong. down. This is what we talked about: the club licensing, this UA for club licensing, and then Shell's be back and everything be great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're taking their time coming back, didn't they? <laughs> huh? Yeah, but maybe because they're trying to do it right now. Obviously, they haven't got a an early pot to pee in, but you know, it just goes to show you somebody from down there who's probably trying to do a good job. Yeah can come straight in next year because like it's, you can't do that it, it, they didn't train the other night it looks like they're not going to train tomorrow because they hadn't got any of the coaching Tonight, or physio staff yeah. so they said we're not training because there's no one here in case anything goes wrong and uh, then there's potential with the, with the wages it's, it's, it's cruel um, we are obviously av- like, avid supporters of the, of the game in Ireland and we want it to be as successful as possible but like, it's shocking when this is your creme de la creme this is your top division and yeah. More teams are in trouble almost every other week now at this stage. It's, but how, how can how can the FAI and I think the FAI have a lot to answer for here, as much as the club. Yeah. How can they have a licensing law which covers finance? Yeah. That failed one year and then failed again the next year. They surely they have. It's can potentially box ticking, I'd say, at this stage, just yeah. to ha- have it. Yeah. I don't think it's that important to be Very honest. Very disappointing, and, and it just it just puts a bit of it. It, it tarnishes the league a little yeah. bit when, as as I said in the Facebook post, that the other clubs are doing so much to try and promote the league, and yeah. the league has gone up yeah. in our estimation, hundred percent. But it's this little thing that it should be ironed out. This crease should be ironed out ages ago. Too true. Sonia Sullivan, the legend that she is. Yes. Her spawn are now doing the same thing for us. Are they? Yeah. Oh, Sophie oh, O'S... Is she with Australia? No. She is now in the singlet of Ireland. Oh, is she? So she's a legend. 
<laughs> oh yeah because remember the last time you were giving out about her yeah because she was the Australian yeah, champion right, now, yeah. now she's alright did, did I? Did yeah I? you are yeah, 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 sorry yeah. Sophie hope, hope to have you on the show someday <laughs> <laughs> so Sophie O'Sullivan she's the daughter of Sonia burst to a hugely impressive victory in her 800 metre heats at the European Championships in Gior in Hungary um, 16 year old eased into the semi-finals with an accomplished run on what was her first appearance for the country of her mother's birth she is a former under 17 Australian champion over 800 and 1500 metres and was born and raised down and that so she's the she's one of us now that's the, all that matters right the other side <laughs> running equivalent of Jack Reelish, but came back to us <laughs> Except it went the other way. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, there was other notable mentions, but um, another one who came to the fore who won in her um, heat was Patience Jumbo Gula from St. <laughs> That's not a real name. What? Yeah, stop it. From St. Gerard's in Dundalk. She Say the name again. Patience Jumbo Gula. <laughs> Apology, Patience. Uh, from St. Gerard's in Dundalk. <laughs> She scores to a championship record in the girls' 100 metres with 11.59 seconds. Jumbo Gula spent the victory after an excellent start with the wind reading of 0.7 metres per second and runs in tomorrow's final at 7.09 Irish time. No, she doesn't. She's not even real. That's not true. (laughs) Patience, we wish you all the best. And she'll be Ireland's sprinting champion in a couple of years and you'll have to apologise to her face. I will. Yeah. Yeah. I had an imaginary friend before as well. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) <laughs> no, that's it now. I'm, I'm, you've offended me and the nation. Right, well, we go to a break. Yeah, I'm going to go to a break so I can, you're going to get a strong uh, talker to young man. <laughs> I think it's bad news for the English game. We're not creative enough. We're not positive enough. It's coming home. It's coming home. It's coming They will in the hoop. Yeah, that's it. The World Cup is over. England have won it. <laughs> Although I got a great text today about a bevy of Swedish beauties in their in their uh, in their kits, and it said, "Well, one thing's for certain: on the seventh of July, England are guaranteed a semi." Ah, <laughs> bit of blue for the dads on the, of an evening. How do you feel about that? <laughs> what the song or just uh, England gonna win the World Cup? No, just sweets. <laughs> they, they, I love saunas. I hear. No, seriously, the uh, best sweets are great. Yeah, the, the English whole. Um, oh, do you know what? I, I'm actually happy for them because they've been so miserable for years. Yeah, I'm actually happy to see them happy for a little bit yeah. and, and have a little bit of. Uh, I mean, the, pen- Hold on. the penalty shootouts. Go and play. Um, move on. <laughs> um, so, I, I was first seventy minutes, very impressed. Yeah, Colombia ran nothing. No, but between the two of them, they had little or no shots. To be honest, for the ninety minutes, I but think they were very. I, I think they, they were a better side. I think they were even enough, as in. But to go completely off topic, yeah. right? Because you're in this field a little bit, right? But is sports science getting too involved in the game now where it's actually affecting the psychology of players? Because they were rested and every single one of them were dropping like flies in Colombia were grand. Yet they weren't rested. Yeah. Like, is it in their heads, oh, we have to recover after the game now, we're knackered. Yeah, but you take a turn around and talk about hard Premiership League and all yeah. that sort of stuff. Listen, 
they may have you, as you said they did 70 minutes of dominating the game yeah. maybe they worked at 70 minutes really see I didn't hard. really watch them that hard to see did they yeah. really put in they a did, massive they did close so many start there. dropping and you're kind of going this team was rested for this reason yeah. why are they struggling so bad and it's kind of like is this whole sports science and wrestling as I said it's not necessarily the fact that they're doing a bad job yeah. is it kind of a mental thing now where yeah. players are getting well, a bit well, precious going I'm a bit tired now I think sports science is in everywhere now yeah. so I, I think it was the right thing to do I mean Belgium could you say the same about Belgium Belgium yeah. didn't, didn't come out and blow the world away and it was, it was yeah. good for Japan momentum you know um, a bit of momentum like, uh, that's why I was disappointed with the, the two teams that, the, that, that they played last week but no deep down England played very well the Colombians were acting the maggot I nearly said something else there um, and then their penalties were very impressive I know Henderson's was saved it was fairly close to the post Keeper made a good stretch now Henderson put his hand up and said listen it was where I always wanted to put it unfortunately it was just that it was a perfect height for a keeper but the others were fairly clinical. I know Dyer's was a little... Eric Dyer would want to stop pretending he's a midfielder now because I'm sick of saying it. Really. I actually don't even want to say it now. He's a centre-half. He's always been a centre-half. It. it actually worked in their favour when Walker got injured yeah. and he slotted him back in. It was exactly. Good. I think that was the only mistake that Gareth Southgate has made 100%. in the whole tournament. And when but Pochettino's doing it as well, though, in fairness, yeah, when you think well, about that's it. True. He's playing him in there. Yeah, but I don't but it's this whole I attitude. Don't there too long. No, no. Uh, Dyer by name and, in my opinion, Dyer by nature. Yeah, but I think he's a good defender. Yeah, but that's the way it should be. But anyway, they have Sweden coming up on Saturday. I don't think it's going to be the most exciting game. And it's no disrespect to them. It's just, listen, Sweden have to play a certain way to be as successful as they are. And I, I have no issue with that. 50-50? And without a shadow of a doubt, it's a 50-50. It's very much going to be, can England use their pace and athleticism it's certainly not their engine to kind of get through the channels and break now this is the issue will they do that I don't know um, and it could be another I think it could be another penalty job yeah uh, genuinely yeah it's okay yeah I can see that yeah Russia-Croatia uh, you always say ah Russia will get beaten yeah, you expect but Croatia to win but you can't deny the, the, the pull of a home team yeah. look at South Korea getting to the semis beating a few people obviously some dodgy decisions I remember along the way yeah, I remember yeah, Trapatoni yeah. nearly breaking the, and you never know with the Russians I'm not saying much in case I end up Dead. poisoned as well Dead. like the boys in Salisbury but it just goes to show you can't rule out home advantage now, so the Croatia-Denmark wasn't a great game no. even though the first four minutes promised no. everything Jesus, so yeah. it just shows you that every game is just a new game it doesn't matter about that side of the draw is mental yeah. like uh, it's going against the rules France Uruguay I hope Uruguay beat France I just really I want to see a new winner as long I know Uruguay have won it before twice but France are recent uh, um, Belgium haven't won as it as long as they don't go full South American but it's impossible because Luis Suarez is playing so they're going to go full South American and as I said part of their game isn't just to win it's the first the first half like Colombia were the first half their goal was to get somebody out, out of the game yeah. and then come alive I don't care what anyone says that's what they do they, uh, they have a name for it yeah. it's part of their game and Suarez was doing it incessantly in the first game in the, la- in the, in the last 16 the yeah, diving yeah, yeah. and the play acting he's going to do it again against France so it's when I see that that's when I kind of like yeah get lost I don't want to see it yeah. Uruguay won it in 30 and 38 that doesn't really count does it 30 and 50 50 you're yeah, right. massive shock you're in Brazil right, right. what was it Italy the uh, bet Brazil in, in 30 it was probably Italy I'm going to have to agree with you yeah I think it might have been yeah you're right 50 yeah uh, doesn't really count <laughs> only and then of course only from 66 on I believe probably the potential <laughs> classic game is Brazil and Belgium then tomorrow evening that, I, 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 do you know what it could be a dire game that's the, you hope it's one of these classics They're getting, Belgium score first could be a classic are they getting on De Bruyne's back too much 
yeah, well, he I, always I, like a scapegoat or something. Just get get on someone's back. But see, with Belgium, they're a bit like your Hollands and Frances. There's there's a lot of big stars there, and somebody's going to have their nose out of joint, and they're trying to go. Oh, Hazard and De Bruyne don't seem to be clicking. Look, he never got the pat. They went into great detail after the game. Oh, look, De Bruyne is not too happy after Hazard should have really played it back inside, and vice versa. And of course, sure, they're doing it. I've just seen a clip of you there when you're screen. Uh, flick through the screen. Play that sure, now, they're, yeah. they're poking at the gay now, saying he's 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 dodgy, and and it's just crap. I actually want to. Brian's still a great player. I, I actually want to. Says. I want to play this clip because this is Guillaume Balague, right? Who? Guillaume Balague, right? What's his first name? Bouquet. <laughs> <laughs> but bit of blue for the dads. <laughs> <laughs> but he, I think he should have more sense because who? Guillaume Balague. Yeah. <laughs> The Balkmeister. Moving on. The Balkmeister, right? But they're talking... This is, I've heard numerous people talk, say this. He only made one save. Is that not a, a, a plus side on, yeah. on, with the Spanish team? That he only had the to problem make one with, save. Uh, they didn't get murdered in the The guy has been in England, right? Hmm. And he's getting an unbelievable amount of He shots. has probably got them into the Champions League. And one of, he's definitely got them 10, 15 points a season with some of the, of some of the draws. That they, of course he is. You know... They have a stupid opinion of your Victor Valdez as an Inca yeah, Casillas. Yeah, yeah. They weren't great goalkeepers. And Casillas wasn't a great goalkeeper, yeah. but was blessed that he had an easy league and, an, and a team who protected him. And Valdez certainly wasn't even close to Casillas. No, no. And that's what they're used to. And all of a sudden, I don't know what the whole thing is about turning on De Gea. Like one, one moment. Like in the last, say, three seasons. That's the first biggest mistake I've seen about yeah. three seasons. Well, let's, let's see Go what on, Mr. Balagay has to say. Uh, he is one of the top goalkeepers in the world. You have to put that first because I'm not criticising his career. I'm criticising his form. And not just me. I think everybody else has now seen that he, at the moment, cannot stop anything. And it's so unbelievable that that happens. But it does happen. It's, uh, again... Uh, to do with the head, he has to do with the head. The guy has just come from having three amazing seasons with Manchester United, but uh, with Spain is different. Why is it different? Well, you don't have to be in the goal line so uh, so often. Uh, for Manchester United, you receive more shots on goal. With the Spain, maybe only three or four during the whole game. You have to be really focused. And if it starts badly, as it did with Portugal, whew, you don't have a lot of opportunities to recover from that. So. We have not seen the best De Gea, and I think he will, I'm sure, be upset about the criticisms. No doubt about that. He feels there is a campaign in Spain against him. But at some point this summer, he will click. He will say, like, all right, I've done something wrong. I need to improve. What's your thoughts on that? <sighs> Move on. Because I don't, I Ian don't Balagay see how... is outstanding at getting the info on, on transfers, and he's outstanding at telling you pretty much 99% accurate everything. But trying to give an opinion there, he literally in my opinion, listening to it, poo-pooed his own opinion there when he said he doesn't get that much and he never got a chance to recover because he's not facing too many shots. So, he's so why all of a sudden is he a crap goalkeeper he's based or a bad whole form? tournament on one mistake against Correct. Portugal. Yeah. Because I don't remember any other situation where he made an arse of anything or he was at fault for anything. Yeah. They, they I went don't out want to dwell on this too much. They went out the, the is a top, top keeper. Yeah, they went End out of the tournament because Big they just deal. didn't perform well enough. That Big team. deal. Yeah. So Big deal. Messi... <laughs> Yeah, is he returning from international football? No, he hasn't said it yet. Yeah. I'm surprised. Because yeah. Mascherano retired. <sighs> shouldn't have been in the And he probably shouldn't have been in the World Cup at all. They were poison, weren't they? They, they, they? Like, It was an exciting game, but France let them in, I think, a bit more than just... But here's my opinion of, 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 of these one-man teams. 
Like Ronaldo's the one man of, of, of Portugal. But they've kind of copped on and he's kind of copped on. Take 10% away the ego and play a little bit for the team. If I'm being doubled up, let's use the people who are free. They've started to mould it right where, yeah, you're the star and we'll feed you as much as we can. But if you're being swamped, well, then let's do... Well, Brazil are the same thing. If Neymar can just round it off just a, a couple of percent... I don't think there's anyone that can yeah, touch them because yeah. they are a, a really good side. But it needs to be a little bit, little bit less. Once or twice he was coming inside and coming inside and William made this lovely run behind and he never fed him through because he was trying to get the gap for his own shot. And once or twice he started to step on Coutinho's toes a little bit because, hey, stay out, get in my shadow. Yeah. But anyway, that's moving on. But Messi, this is what annoyed me last week. Messi kept dropping and dropping. One time he, he took it off the centre-half's toe on the halfway line. Like he was miles away from the, the but that's how that's desperate he was. Though. Yeah, but that's how desperate he was to get the ball. So they should have said, right, maybe turn him into the playmaker, yeah. and let's have all these alleged other good superstars making the runs because, you know, it was nonsense the way they played. It was very much I thought a lot of the players hid behind him, and said, right, you do it all, otherwise they can go. Well, Messi wasn't in great form, was he? Well, he had no choice. Well, let's let's double like that stealing somebody's yeah, yeah. victory. Let's go ahead to bed is the idea of Messi as an underachiever with the Argentine national team. Because I think that's such a harsh verdict. I think it's been heroics for the Argentina national team. And surely it, it must be apparent now to all and sundry that he's been working in a collective context, which is a shambles. So it's a country that w- without a top-class goalkeeper, without a top-class fullback, without a top-class centre-back, uh, and, and still resorting to Javier Mascherano in, in, in the centre of midfield. Uh, he, he did wonders just to carry them to the World Cup. There you go. I think that's, that sums it he's up. The same Vickery is the BBC South American correspondent. He's actually very, very good. Uh, because if you look at their team, they're top heavy. They have too many mm-hmm. players up front. And even, even those players, Higuain, or Higuain, Higuain yeah. I, th- I think he's past his best. Mm-hmm. That's in my opinion now. Aguero is still world class, should be starting. There's obviously very strange. A, a disagreement yeah. there. So uh, Dabala is overrated. I don't think he's as good but as But it's weird that he didn't give him a sniff. Not a sniff. I think he got one half a game or one. If part he even, of it, was, yeah. it, it was shocking on. the amount of minutes uh, or the lack of minutes he got. Di Maria, I have to say, Di Maria. I, very I, frustrating. I, he was poor. And of course, what does he do? Great goal. <sighs> Great goal. As soon as he did, I went, oh, three goal. times in one game, he ran down the wing and kicked it out over the, over yeah. the, the, yeah. the goal post. Barely disappointing they were. Yeah, very, very And uh, yeah, I think that's where we uh, will finish not right this second. Uh, is there anything else on the World Cup you want to get to? No, I'm looking forward to seeing the World Cup. That's in. So, two games on. Tomorrow morning, Friday. or tomorrow afternoon, three o'clock, we yeah. have. Tomorrow is. It's Uruguay and France. And then seven o'clock, we have. Belgium and Brazil. And then England at three o'clock. And then Russia against Croatia. Yeah. So And then the semi finals are on Tuesday, Wednesday, and it's the following Sunday then. Did they do a third place? Yeah, I think they still do. It's on the Saturday. Okay. I'm nearly sure it's on the Saturday. So, another week to go. Other than that, plenty going on. The Dubs are getting their two matches in Croker. Oh, that's. Jim McGill's not liking that. Yeah, so Donegal came in, had their little meeting and probably said listen bought a lot of money you know you'll get your cut sit down and shut up it's listen I get it but at the same time you know where, where are they going to play it, what's stupid putting them in Parno Park for a 10,000 and what about Kildare <laughs> Newbridge or nowhere brilliant and you know what there was because um, Hawkeye is in Crow Park yeah and there was a point that Mayo got that probably wasn't a point and I was thinking, Jesus, if they it's win by a point or there's a draw, yeah. there's going to be a nightmare. And then I was flicking in between the two games. So when I seen Kildare win, I went, thanks, 
be to Jesus. <laughs> so anyway, we're going to finish on the great debate, Ronaldo and Messi. And just a quick note, the rumours are really ramping up about uh, Ronaldo going to Juventus I, for uh, €100 million. Euro. Do, do you know when Real Madrid aren't coming out. They're no. saying no, apparently they're going, let's cash in before he's retired. When you see a story, you know normally if it's if there's BS it's got around legs. it. This se- seems to have legs. Yeah. And it makes sense because if you look at Ronaldo... In the Italian football is perfect for him because it's slower mm-hmm. so he, 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 it's going to sue him in there. Mm-hmm. if he went back to the Premier League he probably wouldn't be as good and you so he's, looking for, he's looking for two or three years as a superstar there you know what imagine he brings them a Champions League trophy do you know the way they, Napoli look to Maradona they'll do the same with him if, they, yeah. if, he, if he brings them back to a, a Champions League story but anyway who is the best between Messi and Ronaldo Canadian talk show host Sid Sichero now give me a second it's, it's a little bit longer than usual but if he goes straight into it we'll leave it be if not I'll come back in for a split second and move it on but probably won't basically he basically labels Messi a fraud but uh, there's, a fu- there's a few other funny bits in it too. But anyway, this is Sid because like it's S E I X. Sid Sachero from Canadian TV. If Argentina goes out next Tuesday in the first round, what does this do to his legacy? It hurts it. It has to. I mean, he's arguably, and and this conversation splits households. Arguably the, the greatest player of his generation. No, Neymar, you're not in the conversation. Uh, it's Messi and it's Cristiano. And when you hold them up, let's say it's a, a tie domestically, what they've done in La Liga. When you hold them up internationally... And I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Let's say, for argument's sake. If you hold them up internationally, it's not close. And there is this argument, well, you can't hold that against him, his, his country, who's he playing with. I'm sorry, when these guys first started playing senior-level international football, it's not like Portugal was, just, was rolling through studs. Messi on the world stage plays with a lot of great first-class players, and the fact that he hasn't been able to drag his team to, a, to lift a trophy, he, he hasn't been able to drag a team the way Ronaldo has so far in this tournament, I think it hurts his legacy. It, 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 it can't. And, and as brilliant as he is as a player... This is a massive blemish on his resume. Couple things from today that no one's going to talk about, but we should talk about. Lionel Messi's teammates are a joke. Some of the guys up front in Gonzalo Higuain and Kun Aguero, they have no midfield to speak of. They need a lot of good players around them too. And Messi's going to take a lot of the heat. The back four for Argentina were a mess. Their manager, the best part of his game today were the tats. Yeah, tatted up. Tatted Two up. sleeves. Two sleeves. People are still doing that. That Argentina team is a joke, all right? And aside from Messi, it is a complete joke. A lot of big-name guys were a little overrated. I think Kunaguaro is a little overrated. Second thing, congratulations to Croatia. That was a master class. Defensively, in the midfield, they gave them no space. Luka Luka Modric is playing the best soccer I've ever seen him play in his life. Maybe this is the dark horse here for Croatia. I want to give Croatia some love. They are well on their way, and, and they could do some damage in the round of 16 and beyond. Messi. Here's the fraud element of Messi that no one wants to talk about. (laughs) And I said fraud. Domestically, he's won everything there is to win at Barcelona. And he he started Barcelona, what, 13? He's won everything there is to win. Here's how you know what Messi's about. When they were winning the best things at Barcelona, it was Messi, was Xavi, Iniesta, David Villa. That, That was a team. 
when they would break from 2008 on and go their separate ways for major tournaments, Xavi and Iniesta and David Villa and all those Spanish guys from Barca were winning tournaments. Three in a row. Euro 2008, World Cup 2010, Euro 2012. Good math. Messi, the second he steps on a field without that core, is average. And you have seen it in Copa Americas. You have seen it in World Cups. He's now gone 675 straight minutes without scoring a World Cup goal. Because Xavi's not there. Because Iniesta's not there. Because David Villa's not there. And the best players I've ever seen in my life can play with anybody. Cristiano Ronaldo can play with any... Michael Carrick sucks. <laughs> Like, Darren Fletcher sucks. Why are you stabbing Michael Carrick? I'm making a point. I'm making a point that Ronaldo didn't have, didn't have Xavi. Ronaldo didn't have Iniesta. Zinedine Zidane could play with anybody. And he did it constantly at Juventus, for France, Real Madrid, scoring in the final at Hampton Park in Scotland. He could play with any Ronaldo, fat Ronaldo from Brazil, could play with anybody and win. That's greatness. That's a goat. That's a guy you respect. Fraud. Darren Fletcher <laughs> sucks. <laughs> Even Fat Ronaldo. <laughs> it's a. It's. I think it's a bit harsh. <laughs> But I think I think we should leave it to the people out there who are listening. Sid Cicero, you legend. I salute you. Uh, get get on to us. Uh, the big kickoff. Sucks. 96.4 at gmail.com. Uh, let us hear your thoughts on the Ronaldo and Messi situation. And does Darren Fletcher suck? <laughs> <laughs> That's that for we, another night. That we this is Late Night Live with Darren <laughs> Fletcher. Oh, yeah. Listen, be good. We'll see you next week.